Hi, everybody. Welcome to That's So Original, a podcast about original programming from places like Netflix, Hulu, and the USA Network. That's what we're doing this for our very first inaugural podcast is The Sinner Season 3. My name is Tiffany. I'm here with my friend Kelly. Hi. And say hi, Kelly. We met hi. in a mom's group <laughs> and discovered we both had a love for TV and podcasts and became friends while watching the season one of The Sinner. And before we became even became Facebook friends, we were kind of messaging each other, I think, back through Snapchat and talking about season one of the center and what was happening Did you see that episode oh my god yeah 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 so we thought for our first go round that we would go back to a well-loved favorite and go to center season three since it just came out and we would start with that for our very first series to discuss we might be doing series we might be doing movies all original programming we're going to figure it out as we go along. Hope everybody will stick around for the ride. Do we want to do any kind of background info about who we are and where we're from? Um, sure. My name's Kelly, and I am a mom of two living in Tennessee. I work part-time at a large medical center. I am happily married and have been for almost... Do, do, boo, do, 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 boo, doing math 14 years so yeah that's my story to a, to a husband Very interesting. who enjoys uh, a good tweed a good tweed occasionally uh <laughs> yes on on most holidays also a fur mom to four cats and one dog and a fin mom to a whole bunch of fish i don't even know how many there are over there like I said, I'm Tiffany. I am from Michigan, very rural part of Michigan. I'm a single mom to three boys who keep me very, 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 very busy. And I work for a newspaper. I'm a reporter, photographer, editor, the whole deal. And I have a crap ton of animals at my house. I have six cats and three dogs because I'm insane. Because you're, yeah. Because the food- Three kids weren't enough. I wasn't going to let you leave that part out. (laughs) (laughs) So, we're going to get started with Season 3, Part 1 of The Center. Car accident. The proof fatal. What happened? I don't know. It's like we lost traction, and the next thing I knew, we were just thrown upside down every direction. There's no crime, is there? His story. It felt like there was something else going on. Jamie? Jamie. Jamie Burns. I'm just trying to get some background information. Sophomore year, there's this guy he started hanging out with. Nick Haas. You must have some stories. Should I tell her? Don't play this game with me. It's too easy. I'd like to know why they were on that woman's property. I don't even know their names. You saw Nick? I think Nick has a hold on you. 
We're gonna do things differently this time. What does he want you to do? I don't know. He, he's capable of anything. And you aren't. I have this feeling like I'm trapped. Nobody seems to care. It's over. You can stop lying now. Death isn't going away. It's coming closer. Jamie! I need you to tell me. Whatever it is. This thing isn't going away. You have to look death in the face. I am not crazy. start thinking you are. I guess we'll just jump right in. We'll start talking about looks to be our main character who we first see smoking in the boys room. What apparently is some kind of pen that dispenses some kind of drug. Is that correct? Expert Tiffany? It's some kind of vape. It looks like a vape deal, but it's a, like a marijuana pen, which I have no knowledge of. But they do show him um, using some visine. So um, it's some kind of drug related thing. I'm too much of a goody goody for this nonsense. So <laughs> I didn't even know what it was. So yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> he walks out of the bathroom and walks towards what we assume is a school campus he is called mr b and so we find out he's a a teacher here at this beautiful school campus which we later find out is a private all-girls school and mr b also known as jamie is played by matt bomer looking fine per usual with those blue eyes you can drown in yes uh, and the, that perfect hair, not, you know what I was going to say, not a hair out of place, but every hair strategically out of place, really, right. though. It, right. Mm-hmm. It's like the finger run it through it and it stayed like that, but it's absolute perfection. So uh, he walks into the school. He's first stopped about being a chaperone for a field trip for the lgbtq alliance at this school and i think there's a brief scene where he's in a meeting about that but then he's in his classroom speaking to one of his students about a recommendation letter the student is named emma and she is asking him for a recommendation letter and he tells her that she should write her own recommendation letter because apparently not only is he doing drugs he's kind of a shitty teacher obviously we're looking at I think Jamie, this Jamie has the persona of the cute professor that all the girls like on campus. He's the cool guy, but underneath there's some things that are brewing with Jamie that aren't just quite right. It reminds me of when I used to work as a graduate assistant for a professor at the university I went to, and I would write his recommendation letters for his students who I had never met, and he would just give me their resume and tell me to write a nice recommendation letter, and then he would sign it. Oh, my. There's a, yeah, yeah, maybe that's more common than we know that these professors don't actually write their own recommendation letters. And I wrote many, many glowing recommendation letters. You are welcome. Now we are in. Because Kelly is very smart. 
<laughs> we are in a police station and we are introduced to a character who is a recurring character throughout the center series. His name is Harry. He's a police officer and he's grizzled over everybody and everything. Yes. He is the thread that continues through all three seasons of the center. And the first season, he's the detective that figures out what exactly caused a young mom to brutally murder someone out of the in a clear blue day for look like no reason whatsoever but he figures it out he goes on to season two which is another not as near nearly as good as season one but still decent season and now he's now into our season three and he is a detective in dorchester new york which yes. is that a real place? I'm not even sure. You know, I don't know. I don't know. We should look that up. But he's also from Newsies, which is one of the best musicals ever made. The the TV, yes, the um, the Disney version, the Disney version, not the Broadway. That's that, that's right. That no Broadway. Why did they change the songs? There was no reason they, they added were perfect. A girl. Yeah, I don't know why they added a girl. It's so weird. Nothing against girls. Love girls. Girls are great. But no, the newsies are boys. Okay, uh, we don't need to go down. We'll be talking about that <laughs> So Harry's talking to the chief and being typical Harry, he's joking around about his attitude and about how he's probably at retirement age, but he's not ready to get out of the game yet cutting now Jamie and he's on a commuter train and something that I that occurs here that seems to be an underlying theme throughout the series is about the cell phones everyone is stuck in their own phones and not living their lives I I think it seems to be a kind of recurring thing and as Jamie it gets very irritated by is a man on there who is playing a game on his phone at top volume which is just the worst etiquette ever. No one wants to hear your game or your phone conversation or your music. Put on headphones or turn your volume off. It's annoying. That's right. And it, it and that was Banker Bob. And Banker Bob, yeah. you're an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Invest in some earbuds. So we got now to Harry's house. And I thought that Harry's house was really creepy and very cool. And I could completely see myself living in a place like that. It's very, it seems to be very secluded and no really close neighbors, but they, then they were talking about the cell phone service and how there's really none there. And then I had to kind of maybe pull back a little bit on that feeling that I could live there. Yeah. And he, he makes a point of saying that it's very isolated and that he can, he gets a couple bars on his phone if he goes out to the maple tree or I think it's the, it says the maple tree, which is quite a bit of ways from his house. And I have a feeling that's going to be some foreshadowing since he's mentioned a couple times. Something's going to happen at that maple tree or a need to use a phone and not being able to use it kind of thing. Harry's daughter and her son are in town for a visit. And what was determined in season one is that Harry has a lot of issues. First season, he was married and going through a divorce because he was cheating on his wife a lot because... Harry um, has a secret thing where he likes to be choked and hit and all sorts of fun things during sex. So there was that going on. But now his daughter and grandson are in town, which his daughter looks like the same age as his wife. But maybe it's a daughter from a previous relationship. I'm not sure. And she is, you can tell there's a very strange relationship. And Harry makes a point of saying that, you know, he bought the 
sugary cereal for his grandson because he's just so excited to have them there. And it's just not, it's not a regular grandpa and the grandkids relationship. There's a lot of strain there. Like this is probably the first visit they've ever had or in a long time kind of thing. Yeah. And I wonder if we find out any more about that because she just seems to appear out of the clear blue sky and leave just as quickly. So yeah, she mentions something about that. The kid has has issues or is having a hard time because he likes to read. And I was like, well, if you're having a hard time because you like to read, I don't know. I guess I had a hard time all growing up, too, because yeah. I like to read. So I don't know. Weird. <laughs> we cut down to Mr. B, Jamie, grilling out back of his house. And right off the bat, we're going to start noticing some weird things about Jamie. He has a moment where he holds his hand very close to the hot grilled grate and right before touching it pulls his hand back and we don't really know what that's about right now. And he is at home grilling with his wife, his wife Leela, correct? Yes, and who is very pregnant about to drop this baby any day, Leela. At this point, there, I don't know if it's an, I can't remember if it's a knock at the door or the doorbell rings. Jamie goes to the door and he is met by Nick, who is played by Chris Messina. You may know him from the Mindy Project. He was also in Sharp Objects on HBO. Which an excellent a, book. I have not seen the series. I, I read the book and I've seen the series. The series is amazing. Yeah, you see, you, you see his peen in that one. So you might want to check it out. It's very interesting. But um, check that out now. <laughs> the, the conversation between Nick and Jamie is a very tense, like crazy tense. And J- it's obvious, very obvious that immediately Jamie does not want Nick to be there. Ask what he's doing here. You need to leave. Nick replies, you don't get to tell me what to do this time, which very ominous. So obviously these two have a past. Leela comes to the door and what does she do? She invites Nick in and has him come to dinner. Come on in, Nick. Yes. Her name is Parisia, is what I'm going to assume it's pronounced. Parisia Fitzhenley. And she has been in Jessica Jones, which I have not seen, and Luke Cage, which I have also not seen. I saw the first season. Uh, And a a few other things as well. I don't remember. She must, maybe she was in the second season. I didn't Uh, watch the second season. Maybe, maybe. Let's see. She, well, she was only in three episodes and I'm not sure which season, but it says from 2015. So she's done a lot. I have not ever seen anything that she's been in that I can recall, but um, she is beautiful. She yes, is a beautiful. beautiful young woman. But as we come this, this lovely dinner that the, they get to have with a very tense dinner, it comes to be known that Leela sells essential oils. She has her own store and she sells essential of course oils. She does. Of course she does. Very proud of herself. Of course. <laughs> Private school teacher and essential oil guru. Yeah, because they should probably be on that show. What is that? That real estate show where it's like, I train butterflies and my wife does this. And oh, then they- yeah, <laughs> I'm a butterfly breeder and I, yeah. <laughs> our budget is $1.2 million. Yeah. Yeah. That's, oh that's, that's where these two would come yeah. from. But the house they're living in, I mean, geez, that house is beautiful. So yeah, she's obviously yeah. doing very well. 
But this this dinner is as awkward as the dinner party episode of The Office. It is tense. It is crazy. Jamie and Nick say that they were friends in college and they haven't seen each other in about 20 years. It's obvious that they are they know each other very well. It's obvious that something has happened between them. There's a very ominous feeling to his arrival and Leela is very concerned because it's if it's this person is so special to you and they were such good friends, how come I've never heard of him before? So that makes more for even more awkwardness. Mm-hmm. My big thing is here they are eating this nice dinner and Nick never touches his food. I mean, rude. You interrupt our dinner and then you're not even going to eat anything, yeah. which is weird. I know, you're not even going to eat. A little bit later, this is um, obviously in the middle of the night because Harry is asleep and we are now at his house and he is getting called in to work for a, to come and investigate a, a wreck or to come out to respond to a wreck. He tells his daughter, who is not at all pleased that he's leaving that he has to go out for a while. He leaves and pulls up to the scene of a really gnarly wreck. Car is in the tree, into a tree, has obviously flipped quite a few times. And we see that there is a person through the windshield of the car. And they say that the car had gone into a tree, there was an open container, and it was traveling at a high rate of speed down a private road that is out in the middle of nowhere. There's no other reason for this car to be going down this road unless they were going to a destination at at the end of the road, which is a private residence. And it's kind of ambiguous of who has has died in this accident because they say that the driver has died, but the passenger has been taken to the hospital. So you're like, okay, who's hurt here? We quickly find out that it's Nick who has was driving the car, and he has gone through the windshield. Obviously, that means Jamie is the one who has gone to the hospital. We see him there. His wife shows up. They apparently called her, did not really give her any information other than the fact that there was a wreck, didn't even really tell her if he was okay. So they have their moment there. He says, I'm okay, and I'm here to tell you that he does not look even close to okay. Jamie looks messed up. Now, as far as injuries, he's got, I think, a cut on his forehead and a few scrapes here and there around his face. You can tell that that something is really, really not sitting right with with Jamie beyond just being involved in a in a pretty severe accident. Yeah, Jamie's seen something. We can kind of see it in his eyes. And then they do a little flash to them, the two of them fighting in the car before it tumbles out of control. So something's happened. Obviously, it's something bad, but we're not clear on what other than that Nick is dead. Now we are with Jamie and Harry And Harry is just questioning Jamie about what they were doing out there. Jamie answering the questions, very monotone, getting a little dark with his responses, talking about how his his house doesn't look like his house. His hands hands don't look like his hands. And then he he asked Harry, have you ever seen someone die in front of you, someone you care about? And Harry says, once. I believe this is a callback to season two, which I have not seen. Right in between this these scenes, Harry's in the police station 
and he gets a call saying that his father has died in Michigan and whether or not he wants his father's things. He says he doesn't want them. Just get rid of them. I don't know if his father was in a care facility, but they say, well, hell, we can just ship these things to you. But if I remember correctly from season two, Harry's mother burned their house down and killed herself. And Harry was there with her inside the house when it occurred. So there is a there's a nice callback to season two there because I believe his mother was bipolar and burned the house down and killed herself. So yeah, Harry has seen some things in his life as well. So we are at a very uh, unassuming house now, I believe is our next scene and beautiful secluded house and Harry is there and we find out that this this is the house that would have been at the end of the road that Nick and Jamie were traveling on it's it's the only place at the end of this private road and the person who lives here is a woman her name is Sonia Barzil's house I think is how you would pronounce that last name she lives there alone in this house she's an artist she's a painter and this is a 60-acre property that she lives on, which is just my dream. It's a, it's, it's a beautiful plot of land, but obviously you don't just stumble upon this property out for a joyride. No. And the actress that plays her also played Susan from Friends. She was Ross's ex-wife's new wife, which I think was is kind of funny. She That, I, that is just crazy. Like, I did not... I did not make that connection in, until you said that. And now I'm like, oh, that's Susan. Yep. That is, that's crazy. Well, then you're immediately. She looks exactly the same. She does. She does. She's, she's beautiful. She look, hasn't really aged that much. Immediately, Sonia's concerned. And we're, and as an audience, you're wondering, okay, did these guys know her? Why were they going to her house? She asked Harry, the men that were coming here, were they armed? Which seems like an odd question. If these random people got into an accident on your on your road, you know, your dry, long driveway or whatever it is, why would you ask, were they armed? I'd ask, were they drunk? Were they lost? Do I know them? Yeah. Were they armed? She asks very weird questions and and says things like, well, I don't even know their names. Like, I'm... Oops. Who cares if you didn't know their names like that? And it just seems her response to his questions. He just says, I'm just trying to un- understand the situation. I'm just trying to you know, put the pieces together here. And she almost seems defensive. Right. There's, so there's another, another ominous thing. There's a, this is kind of the theme of this, of the center, the whole series is there's a lot of so many questions. And the minute you think you got it figured out, it takes a complete left turn, which is, just fabulous. I love it. And everybody has a story. There's no character that's just how they appear. There's always something. And there are a lot of unreliable narrators, which is kind of my favorite thing. I love it in books. I love it in series. Is that when you can't really trust the person that's telling you the story or trust their memories of it. Right. So now we are at Leela's essential oil store. What's the name of the store? Gin, J-I-N-N. I don't know if that means something. I, I don't use essential oils, so maybe it's an essential oils thing. I don't know. It seems just very hipster, bougie kind of thing. 
<laughs> it's, a, it's a beautiful store. Uh, wasn't a soul in there, except for Jamie and his wife. He's helping her bundle things. He looks out of the storefront and across the street, he sees Nick and of course is taken aback by that. And he's constantly, you can see him looking at his hands and he's already made that comment to Harry about I, my hands don't look like my hands. So I'm like, what did you do with your hands that has you so concerned? Hey, spoiler alert, anybody who's listening, we've recorded this before, but we had some audio issue, uh, recording issues, so we're trying this again. But I know we, <laughs> we had talked about it before that when you first saw Nick, you kind of thought maybe he was still alive, that he hadn't died in the accident. Like maybe there were something that we that we missed. I was thinking maybe too that this was previous and maybe Nick had been watching them before but the, but and then it's obvious it's after the wreck because Jamie's all, all bust busted up on his face yeah I was thinking for a second I was like okay is is Nick really dead I hate it when they do stuff like that now but boom now we're at Nick's autopsy he's laid out on the table he looks like he got clawed by a bear he's definitely dead check that uh, right off the list Nick kaput and the medical examiner says something very telling is that he would have made it if the medics had gotten there sooner, which is, okay, was there a delay between the accident and when a call was made? I guess we'll find out. Another thing that the medical examiner points out is that Nick has a wound on his hand, a, a knife wound on his hand that happened a, a few days before the accident. And we saw that at the house when he shows up at Jamie's house. He's got a white bandage wrapped around one of his hands. The other thing, I don't know if this was discussed in the autopsy scene or the next scene. I think it's the next scene. We're back at the police station where they say that Nick had no criminal record. He has no social media and there was no cell phone found on the body. So we're back to the cell phone deal again. This will keep coming up is that Nick didn't have a cell phone. He seemed to be kind of living off the grid or off the world as we know it now, which is very social media focused. So he was not part of that. But this is also a scene with the other detective. <laughs> with other de- other detective, annoying detective. Yeah, I don't know his name. That other guy that hangs around Harry. Uh, who may or may not be Harry's direct superior now. We, who can say? Harry doesn't necessarily believe that there that this guy has no cell phone. So he's like, okay, we're, we're going to go back to the car. We're going to look and we're going to see if maybe the cell phone's in there and, and whoever processed it missed it somehow. So other detective looks for this cell phone, exactly how my husband looks for things in the refrigerator. He opens the car door. Hey, looks left, looks right. No cell phone. Closes the door. Or the same way that my kids look for clean clothes or the milk that are is right in front of them. Yes. Oh, right, right, right. Exactly. Another thing that Harry is questioning at this point is there's some blood on different parts of the car. And one of those parts of the interior of the cars specifically was on the radio. Looks like it had been be turned on or manipulated in some way after the crash. Correct. Right. And then also they discovered that the parking brake has been pulled in the car. 
So that's another thing is who pulled the parking brake and why? Then is that what's caused your accident? So then we discover that Nick was alive after the accident. He did not d- die on impact. So what does that mean exactly? Perry's calling this a crime scene. Dun dun. Right. Now this is no longer just a let's close the books and move along. This is now an investigation into what, why, who, how, etc. Correct. And I was just looking up annoying detective's name because I just keep calling him annoying detective and that's <laughs> probably not right. He is Vic Soto. He is the guy that has been promoted over Harry to the detective sergeant position. But he's also super annoying and I don't like it. Now that we have a crime scene, now we're back out to the accident scene and we're got the crime scene tape up and we're looking at it a little more closely. And who's there watching everything? Sonia. Oh, hey, Sonia. And then a car drives up and who's in it? It's Mr. Jamie. And Jamie and Sonia share a look, of maybe a look of recognition. Yeah, they definitely, they don't know each other. Wink, wink. Yeah. Yeah, they, 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 they know each other and they both look scared and Jamie reverses out of there as fast as he can and leaves as quick as he can. I have in my notes is what's the deal with these three? I gotta know. Something's happened between the three of them. So now we're back at Harry's house and Harry's on the phone. He has to walk out to his maple tree or whatever tree that is to be able to talk on the phone. Apparently his grandson had left his book at the house and Harry wanted to come visit to bring it to him and his daughter's being a little evasive about when do you want to come and he gives her a time, I think, and oh, well, actually, he, he's sick, so maybe yeah. you should just mail it. It was very mean girls of, <coughs> I'm sick. <laughs> just for, <laughs> boo, you whore. <laughs> I was waiting for Harry yeah. to say that on the phone. But yeah, there's obviously, there's some tension still between them for what reason we're not clear on. Maybe she knows he cheats on his wife. I don't know. But she doesn't want him to come. She just wants him to send the stupid book. Poor Harry. He's trying. I guess hot on the heels of his rejection from his daughter, Harry just decides to show up at Jamie's house and ask some questions. I think he, I don't know if I think he was looking for Jamie or if he came when he thought Jamie wouldn't be there so he could ask Leela some questions maybe without Jamie around. Yeah, I think he would first he came he asked for Nick's phone number because there's he's they're still looking for the cell phone that what that, that wasn't on the body because he assumes everybody has a cell phone. So Nick's gotta have a cell phone somewhere. And Lila says, Well, I don't know his phone now phone number. I would I just met him the other night and it's quickly uh Nick and Jamie's story is falling apart and Leela is very suspicious on what is happening. I have in my notes is did Nick and were Nick and Jamie lovers at some point what is the connection here and why is he not being forthcoming with his wife yeah we don't find out much from that exchange although i do think that is the point where we learn that jamie is a history teacher there's a there's a flashback there and i don't recall exactly what it involves but i i do know that we learn there that he's a, a history oh i had it that they flash back to the awkward dinner Nick says to Leela, okay. you, didn't tell, you didn't tell her what we did in school. And it's not it's unclear what the two of them did in school. 
And that's when, oh, that's when I noticed that Nick didn't eat his dinner because he's just rude. Then we move on to <laughs> Nick's hotel room, which is very clean for a dude. It is for a dude in a hotel. And they find a phone. It's a, it's a Blackberry, which apparently is easier to encrypt, which is probably, right. my husband has a Blackberry, <laughs> which makes me a little bit suspicious now, but. Another thing that they find is this folded paper thing. What's it called, Tiffany? It's a cootie catcher. It's a fortune teller cootie catcher. I don't Midwest, we call them a uh-huh, cootie a catcher. Cootie. I don't know if they're called that somewhere, something different elsewhere, but we call them a cootie catcher. But it's the little paper thing that you move your fingers every which way. It's got n- numbers. It's got colors. I'm doing the action. Yeah, me too. <laughs> It's got numbers, colors, and arrows on it. So can't you see? Them? <laughs> and this cootie catcher, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna look into. I don't recall that we had a word for it, but I promise you, it was not cootie catcher. I'm gonna see if I can remember what we used to call it. But we used to use them to find out who we were gonna marry. But I'm pretty sure that that is not the purpose of this cootie catcher. That's probably why they call it a cootie catcher. Right. Because you find out who you're going to marry. Like, oh my God. Okay. It's all, it all makes sense to me now. It's still not what we call them, but I, I get it. You you make sense. Well, I, I had in my notes it. is this is what they did in college. This was the big secret. They made cootie catchers and told each other their fortune. <laughs> this is the big this is the big reveal who am i gonna marry it's jamie so we're back at jamie's house they're making dinner and my first thought is dear lord sharpen that knife that he is destroying this tomato just crushing the life out of this tomato. Yeah, my notes it says jamie cuts tomatoes like i do badly so it's just awful it's a mess it's a mess <laughs> oh that, that knife is a hot mess it's all just it's not good it's not good also not good are the hallucinations that jamie's having so jamie saw nick across the street from the essential oil store well now we we have a pretty big escalation where Jamie now sees Nick come in their front door and come up behind his wife, pick up a knife, and slit her throat. And he immediately reaches for her, which scares the crap out of her because it didn't really happen. And he's reaching for her with a knife in his hand, so she's scared shitless because this crazy husband of hers right after in the in the i mean in the middle of when she's telling a story about how she's going to buy spicy vinaigrette to induce labor and he's like stabbing at her with a knife because this is how her life is now i guess poor lila (laughs) he's like i'm fine i'm fine definitely not fine (laughs) he is not fine he's matt bomer is fine jamie not fine right very clear distinction so um harry (laughs) yeah and fine in a totally different <laughs> connotation when I'm talking about Matt Boom. So Harry is at the police station and he's watching a video of Sonia. Yes. And she is on a panel of, it looks like maybe in front of a college uh, class or some kind of speaking engagement where her and several other people are, are on a dais talking about male vulnerability. And I don't know as a painter how that makes her an expert, but she's talking about male vulnerability. I don't know if that has something to do with Nick and Jamie. I was thinking, did she paint them? What is their connection? Because I gotta know. 
This is when it comes out that there's an hour between the accident and the 911 call. And in my notes, I have you done fucked up, Jamie. They're on to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Harry's going to need answers for that. So Harry, he starts talking about, well, if Jamie was impeding a rescue in any way, that could be a second degree murder charge. And we know the medical examiner said he would have made it if EMTs had been able to get there right after the accident occurred. Right. And then I think it's at this point we, we find out that the Blackberry that they found had been turned off, but they don't know by who. Yeah, and they're going to dust it for prints because in my notes I said, they why in the world wouldn't they have done that already? Wouldn't be that that be the first thing you do when you actually find the cell phone you've been looking for? Right. He, he's talking about that Jamie may be more involved in this than they originally thought. And his boss is saying, oh, well, this is he's a nice guy. He's a school teacher. And Harry says, maybe that's what he wants everybody to believe. And I think that Harry nailed it right there with that statement that Jamie is portraying that image, but maybe there's a little bit more to Jamie than we think. Right. And as the audience, we know he's smoking pot at school. He's not doing his job. There's something up with Mr. Jamie. The next scene is where... (laughs) Jamie is rubbing Leela's feet. Her very pregnant. What? (laughs) And they were discussing that she sensed an energy between Jamie and Nick. And she's wondering, is was Nick in love with Mm, What kind of energy? Yeah. Oh, maybe. And Leela is into it. She is very into the fact that Jamie and Nick (laughs) may have had a relationship at one time. And Jamie says, we tried it once and it didn't work. And I said, oh, to have been a fly on that wall. What part didn't work? I, I Just for science. I need to know which, which, who's, who's part. Yeah. Didn't Can work? you just tell me like, a, just, I need a little bit more details. Like did, were there clothes, clothes on uh, at this point where it wasn't working? What was going on? Yeah. Yeah. I need it. So Harry's eating the sugar berries. <laughs> that he bought for his grandson, poor Harry. <laughs> but sugar berries are good. Sugary cereal is is awesome. So there is a silver lining to the fact that his grandson didn't get to eat it. I just have sad Harry eat with cereal. He just wants to be loved. So he gets a call from the other cop. I think he has to run out to the tree again to take this phone call. They have dusted the cell phone they found, and there are zero prints on it which means it has obviously been wiped clean and why would that happen unless she had something to hide jamie's hiding something no way so open and honest about everything what are we talking about i know this is when we get a flash to we get a flash to nick and jamie are driving in the car presumably right before the accident nick is forcing jamie to do something and he says don't say anything let me when we get there don't say anything let me do the talking so obviously they are en route to sonia's but we don't know why in that moment jamie doesn't want to go there he pulls the parking brake that makes the car go ass over tea kettle and then airborne and into a tree yeah, and I had always wondered what would happen if you pulled an emergency brake while you're driving because 
Fast and Furious would have you believe that you can make some kick-ass maneuver and swirl a car around and park perfectly between two other cars. The center would have you believe that that is... So maybe the truth is somewhere in the middle. It means you would like maybe go over a curb, but not disintegrate your car. I don't know. It's somewhere in between. I'm sure it's somewhere in between there. I mean, they, Tokyo drift that nonsense. Like, not a good decision, and you're probably going to die. So I'm going to err on the side of caution and just not do that. I can barely use my regular brakes. I'm not trying out the parking brake maneuver, so we're good. You spin it around like you're getting ready to park it perfectly, and then, boom, the side of it goes into a tree. So there you go. I don't think it's a good idea. I'm not, I'm not going to do it now. I, my curiosity has been satiated. Our next scene is we are just after the crash and Jamie comes to Jamie was safety conscious and he had his seatbelt on. So good, Jamie. The only smart move you've made in months. Okay. So this is the part where Jamie's like crawling out of the car, right? So he gets out of the vehicle and comes around to the other side and discovers that Nick is in bad shape, in some really bad shape. But he is alive and he is able to talk and he tells Jamie to call 911 and reaches in his pocket for his Blackberry. I think that's what he's pulling out, right? That's his Blackberry in that moment. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, it's the Blackberry, right? They didn't find that one in the hotel. They didn't find one in the hotel room. They found it in at the crash seat, at the crash scene out in the field. But um, when Nick is pulling the phone out of his pocket, he drops it. So you see his bloody fingers reaching out the bottom of the, the side of the car and he's reaching for the phone. The phone gets blood drops on it and he's telling Jamie to grab it, to grab it. And Jamie's not moving to grab the phone. He's not doing much of anything. No, Jamie's kind of dragging his feet a little. So Jamie picks up the phone and and Nick's looking right. at him like, okay, go ahead and call call 911. Jamie looks at the phone and instead of calling 911, he turns the phone off. And in that moment, Nick knows that Jamie is going to just let him die. And he's going to just sit there and watch him die. Yep. And Nick says one word. He says, okay. And that okay is so deeply disturbing the way he says he's very resigned to what is happening. There's so much being said in in that okay. Yeah, there's, he almost, almost has a smile as he says it like, all right, I don't know if it's I didn't expect this from you or I did expect this from you or wow, you... That, I kind of thought that like, wow, like Jamie's, Jamie's getting some balls. That's exactly what i was thinking of that he was almost like proud he was like wow right. okay jamie's got it in him yeah, after all. it was a very and jamie's on his um he's on his knees and he just kind of sits back on his heels and and just looks at him like okay then we're just gonna sit here until you bleed out and die and this is how the episode ends that's how it ends welcome to the center season three I think this is going to be a very interesting yeah, it's season. Got, it's a wild ride. I mean, this first episode alone, it's a wild ride. Yeah, it, it's it's very fast paced. I'm trying to r recall back to season one if if there were so many scene changes. It just seems like we're here, we're here, we're here, we're here, we're here. I feel like things were 
I, I don't know, a little slower paced in season one. This is just like zero to a hundred. And yeah, but I kind of, I don't know. I kind of like it, but I'm also, there's so much packed in there. There's so many questions that I'm that I want to watch us unravel over the next, however many episodes the season is. I don't know. I think it's like eight. I think what I, when I looked it up, I think it's going to be eight episodes and I'm very excited to see where this goes. Me too. And we will talk about where this goes on our next episode when we talk about episode Yay. Well, hopefully you guys have enjoyed this and you're willing to take the ride with us as we explore this season of The Sinner. So stick around. I promise we'll get better at it and it'll be even better. Every, each time we'll get a little bit better. All right. So we'll see you next time or we'll uh, talk at you next time. How yeah, we will talk in you. your space in the future. <laughs> yeah. In your ear. All right. Bye. Bye.